ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is Forging Employee Engagement, and we have a wonderful guest with us today. This is Deborah Corey, and uh, we've had the privilege of meeting each other in person, haven't we, Deborah? We have. You've come to a couple of workshops and been a really active and uh, engaging participant in, in all of them. I also recall that we were going to have a sleepover at Reward <laughs> Gateway here in Boston, correct? We were, unfortunately. It hasn't happened yet, but you know what, Josh, never give up. We could do that. I'm, I'm sure you're working on, you know, which onesies to wear. So, um, you know, don't give up the dream. <laughs> well, keep the dream alive. Well, Good. I am joined here with Alexander Noren, and I just want to tell you a little bit about Deborah. Deborah is an author, a speaker, and employee engagement rebel. She is a global head of engagement at Reward Gateway. She's an expert at understanding, applying effective and practical engagement techniques and practices. Her most recent book, Build It, is an Amazon number one bestseller in human resources. She's received praise from Dan Pink, Margaret Heffernan, and Patty McCord. Deborah, what else do we need to know about you? Um, I, I guess I'd say that I am an HR person through and through. So although I'm a rebel now, I haven't always been a rebel. So I think there's hope for everyone. So I've been a traditional HR person for probably uh, 30 years, working in lots of different environments and, and doing things in different ways. So I try to bring this uh, breadth of experience, but also this new rebellious attitude to, uh, to everything I do. Well, tell us a little bit about that rebellious attitude, because you know the game, you've been playing it for a long time, and it seems like there is a need for a rebellion. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, the great thing is it's, it's not just us. So we've written a book on being rebellious, but there's lots of other people who are out there doing it, which I think is fantastic. And it's all about really just taking a step back and, and making this realization that we need to start fundamentally treating our people differently. So just tweaking things that, you know, people like myself have been doing for the last 10, 15, 20 years isn't really enough. It's not a big enough, a, more, a fundamental enough change to actually change engagement. And um, I'm sure all of your listeners have you know, heard all the statistics on engagement and they're only changing 1% a year. So I don't really think you need numbers to, uh, to validate it. So it's about trying to make a significant change in, in what's happening in the world. Great. And tell us a little bit about how you feel you are participating in that change. Do you know, I'm doing it two ways. First of all, I'm doing it in my organization, um, being an HR person. So I'm trying to push and challenge myself. And um, having a co-author like Glenn, who is a much bigger rebel than I am, having him always challenge me, I think is making me a better HR person. And then I'm trying to use that to just get out there. And um, I've been doing, um, everyone's laughing, this world tour of getting out and speaking to people all over the world, just to try to um, get people thinking differently. So I'm doing it again, two ways, both internally and externally, and I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. You're also doing that with a purple construction hat, as I understand. <laughs> no, I did wear a pink one at a conference in the US. So um, I try to make sure that people remember me no matter where I go. So I've worn a construction hat, um, the other day when I was in Iceland, I did something, it didn't really work very well, but I did something with, um, candles, LED candles. Um, again, just trying to make an impact because, um, you want people to remember your messages and you want people to remember you. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you remember the construction hat. You can borrow it whenever you want, Josh. 
Well, I'm glad that's what Josh pulled out of the uh, presentation. <laughs> he, he gets blinded by that hat the whole time. <laughs> so I, I love this, this tour that you're on. What are some of the main themes and messages that you're trying to get across as you go across the world, literally, to shed this message? It's really just, again, this taking a step back and having a discussion. So the bridge has 10 elements, and it's, it's opening up a conversation and a debate about each of the individual topics. So for example, communications. It seems so fundamental you communicate with your employees, but it's taking that step back and thinking about, okay, are we really communicating to our employees in the right way? How can we be more open, more honest, more engaging? And really little by little, just chipping away at all the things that we've been doing year on year and understanding what's holding us back and what will take us forward and doing that in each area of the bridge. Yeah, and give us a little bit more on the bridge. I think that's an amazing concept, and it's, we've been through the training with you. We definitely agree that these are important elements to an effective employee engagement strategy, uh, but what, what does it take to build this pr proverbial bridge in organizations? Well, you know, it's not rocket science. What we did is we, you know, we've been working with clients around the world. I've been doing HR for a long time. My co-author, Glenn Elliott, has been an entrepreneur and CEO. And it's really just thinking about what are the different tools that we have to engage our workforce. And that's what the 10 elements are. Um, and to be honest, it doesn't matter what you call it. As a matter of fact, when I do workshops around the world, I don't even show the bridge. I start with what are your tools that you use? And they all use different words. But at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. So things like communications, recognition, uh, leadership, management, um, and so on and so on. It's all the things that we have that are going to help us build that bridge to engagement. That's wonderful. And, and most companies that we've worked with have not initially started or have a very loose employee engagement strategy. What advice could you give companies who are just trying to get started in the space? I think it's a really good question because you first need to understand what engagement looks at in your or looks like at your organization. So, you know, we, we were talking about this before. Everybody has their own definition and there is no right or wrong definition. It's really just thinking about what does engagement look like? What what does it look like at your workforce? What does it look like for you to meet your business objectives? And then what we've been trying to do um, in our, our workshops is looking at each of the 10 elements and thinking about, okay, great. Now, what does that mean at your company? So communication at my company is not going to be the same as another company. What do you need to do in your particular company? And to me, it's, it's, that's the biggest change that we can make is really personalizing it and not doing the same things that your competitors are doing, your neighbors, because we're all different. As you've gone, gone ahead and, and spoken with people on this, what have you found is the biggest or I guess the most resistance that organizations faced when trying to start implementing these new strategies? I think part of it is just the unknown. So we, we, you know, I can say this myself as an HR person, you get so busy in the day-to-day -day operational aspects. So the great thing is, you know, leading these workshops and leading these, um, you know, speaking tour and just seeing light bulbs going off in people's head. So I think the first step is just to have that realization and understanding that, you know, what we do, as I said before, fundamentally need to change. And then just opening up, opening up that dialogue. Okay, but how do I actually do that? 
And again, light bulb after light bulb after light bulb, which is why I tried to do that trick with the LED candles, which didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good effort. It was a good idea. Yeah, didn't completely work, but yeah. But I think that's a great, that is a great lesson to be learned when we're talking about employee engagement, because like you said, there is no one perfect way to do it. And that means that there are going to be moments of failure when we implement new strategies and they don't work. And something that works for another company might not work for yours. So it sounds like it's a journey that most companies have to undertake to build their culture and make it a place where people want to work. No, I think you're right. And, and that's one of the things in HR is, you know, and I can say this for myself, you know, I, I, I try to get things right each time I do it. And that's one of the things that we can learn to do to be better in HR is to take a bit more risk, try things. You know, yes, my LED candles didn't work, but that's because I realized I wasn't standing close enough to them to turn them on. So next time I've learned to stand next to the candles. And every time we do an engagement program, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to give it a try. Doesn't work learn from it, try something else. As long as our employees know that we're doing our best to find ways and we're working with them on this journey, then they're going to be fine with it. They'll be fine when things go well. And even when we stumble, they'll support us. Deborah, do you have an experience where you've helped an organization or even an individual who's in a leadership position to implement a new strategy? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a consultant, so I am an HR person, but um, I've heard stories. So funnily enough, I just went to a, an award ceremony yesterday um, for my company. We were doing um, awards for our clients and I had people come up to me and they were talking about how they use the bridge and how they use theory to be the foundation of their HR strategy. And they were using that to build all of the individual building blocks um, with their CEO and the rest of their, their C-suite. And the, to me, that's the most exciting thing about this rebellious movement is not just using the, the bridge as a, you know, a philosophical model, but they're using it to actually build engagement um, and starting wherever it makes sense. Because I think one of the things that we talk about with the bridge is that you need to build it in your own way. So for me, at my company, when I joined three years ago, I started um, with built with benefits. That was where I started. Then I moved on to recognition, and now we're doing a lot with um, leadership and management. As I, I hear you talk about this process, it sounds like, frankly, <laughs> a lot of work. Um, and now I'm, I'm converted to the cause of engagement, but for those that might be a little less, less converted, maybe a little more skeptical, you know, how could, how, what would you say to them to, to really sell this idea that engagement matters, uh, how we treat our employees matters beyond just, you know, getting the results that employees are, you could say, paid to get, right? You know, it is, it is a good point. So some people look at it and they think, oh my gosh, it is so much work. But I guess I would almost challenge and say it's a lot more work to pick up the pieces mm -hmm. when people are not engaged. So if you don't communicate in an open and honest way, then what you need to do is you'll, you'll need, need to deal with all of the rumor mill and you'll need to deal with people leaving because they don't have the information. So it might seem like it's work to build engagement and build your bridge, but if you, if you offset that against the negative impacts of not doing it, and also there's tons of statistics. I mean, we all know the statistics on the impact of engagement, then it's, it's work that's going to make a difference. And I think that's the biggest thing is people need to realize that. And the great news is that more and more, not just HR, but business leaders are seeing the true impact and wanting to jump on board and, you know, start in this movement. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, Holy cow. Back in the day, I feel like it was like 
you are hired to this organization to do a job, do your job well, and we will reap the benefits of that. But in today's world with so many opportunities and so many different jobs available to individuals that we have to build our people up. And I imagine it's frustrating for companies to put forth all this effort to do employee engagement efforts and then they fall flat or they find that the retention numbers stay the same. And so maybe what, what are, could you give us one or two of the pillars themselves, maybe one or two of your favorites and just give us a little knowledge bomb for our listeners on what they can do in a practical way to start with the employee engagement experience. Sure. And I think the first thing is just to start with what you're trying to achieve, you know, to your point. So if retention is your biggest problem, just, understanding why there's so much data out there these days. Why are people leaving and talking to your people? I mean, so many people in, in HR, we don't spend the time talking to our employees and they have so many nuggets of information in the book. We have something about the iceberg of ignorance talking about as you go up the organization, less information is known at the more senior level. And if we can just tap into our employees and and give them what they need, um, I'll give you an example of something that I've done recently. So um, recognition, I'm a huge fan of recognition. And some of the stats say that about 80% of people do not feel recognized. And, um, you know, I would just challenge anybody listening, you know, how, how bad is it not to feel recognized? And how great do you feel when someone appreciates the work that you're doing? And a lot of people don't do it because they say they don't have enough time. But again, I would challenge that you need to make time for this because it's going to make people more engaged, more productive. So we looked at um, recognition at our company. And the first thing I did is I spoke to my employees and I, we did an exercise. We did a say, do exercise. So what do you want to say to your colleagues about appreciation? And then what do you want to do? And by listening to my employees, I got a better understanding of what would actually make them feel appreciated and give them the tools to be able to appreciate others. And if I hadn't spoken to my employees, I would have designed it a completely different way because for them, it wasn't about financial recognition. You know, they, they said, we want to be able to give people a bottle of wine or, you know, go out to a meal. Um, but it, it was more about sending those meaningful messages out to employees. And it's made a huge difference at, at my company. And I've seen it make a massive difference at other organizations as well. Yeah, I do believe that that is huge. And I believe that that's Reward Gateway's purpose. They're, one of their focuses is to help develop a strategy to help employees feel recognized. It is. It's part of the overall mission, which is um, making the world a better place to work, which is such a lovely mission. When I, when I speak at organizations, I'm like, you know what, guys, you can, you can use this mission statement. It's not just ours. You know, sometimes I make people, re- you know, I had 500 people in Iceland, you know, say it with me. Um, because I want people to, to hear that message and I want them to do it because, you know, we alone at our company are not going to make the world a better place to, to work all together. We all need to, to be able to do that. And that's why we need to, to share stories. And that's why half of the book is actually stories or what we call plays, because we want to really inspire people, not just through the, the strategic part of the book, but the practical part of the book and say, look, this is what other people are doing. Now you figure out a way to make it work at your company. And, and, and by the way, let me tell your story too. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And I, I think it brings up a good point. I think most companies right now, 
their engagement strategy or their reward strategy is to kind of have to, to understand what their employees are going through. They have an open door policy. Come to my office, talk to me. I'm a good person. I would love to chat with you. And what we're finding is that the data that they're receiving does create that iceberg effect where you get kind of the cream of the crop. You, you have your favorites coming to your office to talk to you about what's going on and the people who have the real problems aren't coming into the office or they don't feel like they can approach you and talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. And those people who are coming to talk to you about it are skimming some of the information out because they feel like they don't want you to know the dark and dirty of what's happening at the organization. And that is the crux of the problem when you take a look at the whole iceberg, that there's a lot more going on underneath the surface that we need to get into. And I understand that Reward Gateway has added a new survey component to your presentation to kind of get a pulse on company culture. Is that correct? It is, and I think it's really important. You know, again, I think about, we were all excited when we started doing annual surveys. I can remember when we first started doing those, and I think they were a step in the right direction. But what we're realizing is that we need to do more pulse surveys. So surveys that you can do at any point in time because the world is moving so quickly. So if there's a specific questions that, that you want to ask people, just send that out. Um, and to me, it's, it's partly about asking the questions, but it's also what you're doing with that information. And that's one of the things in HR that I think that we really need to do a better job of asking the questions to begin with, but then going out very quickly and doing something with that and not waiting, you know, three months to design a strategy and then another three months because our employees are going to give up on us and they're not going to continue giving us this really, really valuable information. Yeah. And that makes a ton of sense. And that, that when I hear things like that, that excites me about the future of what employee engagement looks like and what companies can be doing to help better understand their employees and, and adjust accordingly. So for you, what do you, when you look into the future, 10, 15 years, what do you see as the field of engagement? How do you, how do you see companies in the marketplace as a whole incorporating or embracing this idea? What, what do you think looking forward this will look like? I think the first thing is it's more strategic. Um, I think it was very much an operational approach. We go in and we fix one part of the bridge, then we fix another part of the bridge. And what I hope is happening is that people are, you know, like Lego, joining the pieces together and seeing how they all touch each other. Um, I think right now that HR departments are, are too independent, too individual, and they need to start, you know, joining forces and working together within HR, but also in other people, other areas of the business. So that, because our employees see them as connected and we need to start connecting them a bit more and also understanding which levers are going to work better and being much more flexible and adaptable to how we deal with engagement and less um, black and white in what we do. Deborah, that is fantastic. We are about to be wrapping up our show here, but I just wanted to ask you one more time. If you were to, if you, with your 30 years of experience, if you were to meet with an HR director one-on-one -on -one today and share a piece of advice with them, what is the most important thing you would share with them? Well, I always end my presentations talking about how a rebel acts. And one of the three things that I talk about is being brave and I can really relate to this one because it, it's difficult to be a rebel and it's difficult to challenge the status quo, especially when you're going up against, you know, our leadership teams and our boards. And I think we really need to understand why we're doing it. And we're doing it to drive the business and to drive engagement. And we really have to be brave and we really need to keep focused, 
keep strategic and drive the change because we really are what our organizations need to do this. And if we don't put on, I call it my rebel cape. If you don't put your rebel cape on and, and be brave, it's never going to happen. We have to just keep fight, fighting through the challenges that we're going to get and keep focused on the end game. That's fantastic. And honestly, that, that resonates with whenever we as individuals are trying to pursue something that's worth pursuing, it's always difficult. So I love that, this concept of being brave and being committed. Yeah, and, and as I said, I know exactly what it's like. I've had a lot of uphill battles myself. And I think if I had had this mindset before, I might not have given up so easily. I would have understood what I was doing. And I would also get strength from others around me, which is again, why we're sharing so many stories so that we can all just, you know, build this strength, keep that cape on and, um, and make a difference. You know, 1% a year is not a difference. So we need to do things differently together. We need to do things differently together. Listeners, we've been here with Deborah Corey. Uh, Build It, definitely a book I would recommend. Please go check it out. And uh, Deborah, how can our listeners keep in touch with you? Well, the great thing is that um, we have a website for the book. So it's rebelplaybook.com because the world doesn't slow down. So um, we decided instead of writing another book right away, we would just continue to put free information out there. So you can download the first two chapters of the book for free. You can um, read lots and lots of plays, which are the stories, and we've also done lots of video interviews. So hopefully lots of free content to really inspire people and, and just get people involved with it. And I personally am just so grateful for the book and the mission of Reward Gateway. Can you just say that one more time as we close? <laughs> Let's make the world a better place to work. Actually, I need the two of you to say it with me on the count of three. Shall we do it together? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. One, two, three. Let's, Let's make, make the world, world a better, better place, place to work. Woohoo! I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, Deborah, we're going to end the show with that. But thank you so, so much. Fun. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.